Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How do you feel? Good. Nice. Yeah. Good. Let us start with a few moments of uh, silent meditation. Okay. So you already know uh, how to prepare the body, calm the breath, check the mind, mm. and then just uh, turn the attention to the breath. You can either follow the breath as it is or count the breath. And we will sit here for a few moments and then we'll continue with the teaching.
Slowly release your attention. Deepen the breath. Check how you feel. And when you're ready, please open your eyes. So we continue our investigation into the human engineering. We talked about the body, we talked about the energy, the prana. We finished talking about the mind. Uh, I need to remind you a few important things about the mind. The mind can be a very useful uh, servant, a very useful instrument, as long as it is uh, working well and as long as we know how to use it. But uh, when, we, when it is not clean or not steady and clear and steady, and when we don't know how to use it, it becomes a horrible master. And if you check, you will see that all your suffering in this world come only from the mind. It doesn't even matter what there is outside. If here uh, you have uh, dark thoughts or emotions you don't like or whatever, uh, or a lot of movement, you will suffer even if outside the life is quite wonderful. So um, if you want to improve your life, if you want to change your reality, you don't need to go changing other peoples, you don't need to go changing uh, political systems or the place you live. Just uh, change the quality of your mind and you will see your reality changing in front of you. Uh, when I realized this, it was amazing. And uh, it is nice to see that uh, it is very easy to change the mind. It is only a matter of practicing five minutes every day. But to change other people or to change uh, uh, political uh, government or a government is very difficult so it's better we put our efforts in something that is uh, fruitful something that is useful something that is uh, easy to do instead of trying to fight uh, windmills or whatever okay so this is a very important thing and another important thing about the mind is to understand that everything that there that is in the mind is meant to be there. We don't have to take pieces of the mind and start try to uh, eliminate them or destroy them. Everything that there is in the mind has a place. So, for example, the thing that we call ego, this thing of self-identity, must be there. We all, uh, it is a important part in our evolution, in our ability to support our life. We saw it that we must uh, be able to distinguish between existence and non-existence between life and death and we must know we must be able to identify what is our existence and what supports our existence so this ability of uh, self-identification to say i am a human and i and i need food or whatever this is very important this supports the life but we must make sure that our self-identifications are correct because if we self-identify ourselves wrongly we will see that uh, we start to suffer and then I gave the example that if people identify themselves with their career if they are musicians they are identify themselves as guitar players and then they lose the ability to play all their identity all their life is going to collapse but uh, according to yoga this is wrong self-identity and we will see that in this journey, when we talk about the knowledge, we will see that part of the knowledge that is important that we will have is to know really who we are 
what is the instrument and then uh, our ego will be a correct ego and will be very very useful for our life uh, another important thing that I see that many people try to eliminate from the mind is desire and aversion we also have this idea that we read in text that desire is the source of all evil and must be destroyed and eliminated but it is not so desire and aversion we saw are part of the mind's mechanism to help us survive in this world it is part of the automatic mechanism to help us go to hold something that is beneficial for us and to avoid something that might danger us so there is no point there is no need to uh, eliminate desire or aversion from our life only we have to see that what is we desire is something that is helpful for us and what we avert is something that is destructive for us then it will be very useful and even if we have desires for something that is not beneficial for us for example desire for cheese it doesn't mean that I have <laughs> that I have to fulfill this desire all the time I can see this desire but because we train to be the masters of the mind because we have the control over the attention I can see my desire but I can move the attention to eating a carrot instead of cheese so uh, don't fight your desires they are not going to harm you they are not going to destroy you only learn to manage them learn to be the masters of the mind and you will see that the mind will be a very useful tool and will help you to accomplish everything you want in this life um, okay and uh, for me when I understood when I changed my relationship with the mind instead of being a monster it became my friend it became this uh, very amazing creative force this amazing tool I can use to achieve anything I want in this life uh, I saw how my life changed and I see the people that uh, they are struggling with the mind you know how difficult the life is for them you know if they have they think they have this monster here and this monster never shut up and they think that uh, and they try to stop things by force and well big big mess more. yeah and um, and they have they have no no knowledge about what the mind really is so uh, start to build this uh, new relationship with the mind start uh, the mind um, really likes really likes to be controlled it feels very comfortable there we can see that when the mind is directed when the attention is directed and the mind is um, wisely used the mind is very calm there it likes to be it's like a car that likes to be driven but uh, when the mind is out of control it it doesn't like this uh, sensation you know we start to suffer there so it is only a matter of starting to use the mind for what it was meant for and immediately everything will become more relaxed in your life and you will be able to um, to achieve everything uh, another important thing is this um, fight that we have with uh, thoughts and ideas and emotions and yesterday we saw in our practice up there that uh, uh, the thoughts are not good or bad the feelings are not good or bad it doesn't matter if I enjoy a feeling or I don't like the feeling or emotion they are only temporary they are going to uh, uh, get up uh, come up and go down today we're going to see exactly how uh, many times during our life uh, every kind of feeling every kind of emotion we can experience uh, but if we think that some emotions are not supposed to be there like anger like fear like uh, jealousy or envy whatever then whenever they come up we will start to fight them 
And we will start to maybe, uh, I can think of two things that we are going to do. Either we try to put them down or ignore them, or we will start to avoid the thing that causes us this uh, feeling. For example, if I think my partner is the source of my anger, I will start to avoid my partner. So uh, fighting emotions and thoughts uh, causes us to do a lot of unuseful actions. And uh, when we understand that all thoughts and feelings can be there, that all of them are only objects of perception, that when they come up, they are unavoidable, um, that uh, all of them are temporary, any way they are going to go. I don't need to ignore them. I don't need to put them out. I don't need to avoid the thing that causes them. If I wait for five seconds, I'm going to see them going away. So uh, stop putting a lot of energy or no need to put a lot of energy in fighting thoughts and feelings. It is better to learn to observe them like we did yesterday, to look and to see them as an object of perception. And then uh, you will see uh, the mind becomes... Uh, it becomes like a movie. It becomes like something we can watch with a little smile. And to say, okay, now here is anger, and look how anger feels. Tight in the body, in the breath, a lot of these crazy thoughts. And then uh, I can uh, watch happiness, and I can see, ah, happiness is very nice. It's like a la-la land. It's, uh, everything is very comfortable. I want to stay there forever. And then I can see envy, and I can see all these things, and it becomes like the show of life, or the show of mind. But this show is not going to harm you in any way when it doesn't lead you to action. It is only when you start to act according to these feelings that they are going to change your life. But we can have any thought like killing ourselves, uh, any feeling, everything, but if I, we don't act on them, they are temporary and they will not influence in any way our life. And uh, later on we still have to check. Uh, if we don't act based on feelings and emotions and thoughts, then what is going to be our motivation for action? Because we are so used to act according to what we feel. We like something, we go and get it. Uh, somebody makes us angry, we shout at him. We are used to being motivated uh, for action by what we feel or what we desire. And then what if uh, we are not acting according to that? What is going to be the motivation? So this we are going to explore today. Okay, any questions, uh, comments about this? Yes. Just one little question. Hopefully it's not a stupid question. Uh, say being with the breath and, and classing it as an object it's an object and it's temporary but when you if you do that successfully if there are moments where you're with the breath it's like you're surfing the wave does it not is there, is there a point where it's not an object if there's a point where the awareness and the breath there's not too much interference. Is it? Is it always an object? Is the breath? If your awareness is with the breath and it's you're with it changing and there's no too many voices coming in, mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't become an object anymore because you're moving with it. Is mm -hmm. it still an object if it's if you're skiing? Yeah, what you're talking about is probably things you have read in the text and or things like this when they talk about meditation. What will change? Everything is an object of perception when we have the feeling that I am perceiving. Mm. So you can see that today when we do this meditation, this one-pointed concentration, there is not only the breath that exists, but is the notion of I am looking at the breath, right? And then there can be times in meditation when we are so 
concentrated that even the notion of I am looking at the breath disappears. And then only the breath is there. Mm. Okay? But uh, So it is only this uh, idea of the mind that I am looking, that before was like, a, we can say, the last cover, the last separation between us and the breath was the idea that I am watching the breath. Then when this idea also disappears, because this is also like a wave of the mind, there can be a state that only the breath exists, without the idea that I am watching the breath. But I find this uh, not very, it is not a goal in meditation, mm -hmm. because the goal of this practice is to make our control of the attention stronger, mm -hmm. and um, to make the mind more stable. And uh, when we want to explore or uh, this uh, idea that we... Um, the elimination of I, the stop of even the feeling of I exists, there are much easier ways. So for me, this type, uh, to try to reach this step because we read about it or things like this is not uh, mm -hmm. completely necessary. Yeah. Sometimes it might happen, but it's not a goal in any way. Yeah. Any other questions about the mind? <coughs> okay. So another, uh, something? <laughs> another important thing, uh, we must remember that in the mind we are all the same. And the mind doesn't change from the moment we are born until we die. The mind acts exactly the same. It doesn't grow up. The mind is always stays uh, childish. And can you know? Uh, can you uh, say what is childish about the mind? Why do I say that the mind is always childish? Think about it. Why is the mind always stay childish from the moment we are born until we die, even if we die at 90? The mind stays exactly the same. Because it expands when it's. Uh enjoying when it uh, contracts when it's uh, not mm -hmm. yeah in a, let's put it a little bit more correct just like a child that wants I want I don't want I want to don't this is the action of the child very happy when he gets what he wants very upset when he doesn't get what he wants uh, you know and this uh, you can see a child huh? you give him what he wants big big joy you know and you take it and immediately big cry the mind stays like this always. This is never going to change. Don't look for it to change in your life. And you will see it even in the age of 90. With all the wisdom you will have. When somebody gives you something you want. A compliment. Money. It doesn't matter. Uh, you're going to have big smile on your face. And when somebody takes from you something that you want. Immediately the mind is going to start crying. And for me to understand this uh, childish uh, behavior of the mind that it doesn't change was very important it's very important because I don't expect change there and we're going to see where we do grow up there is a whole uh, thing in the instrument in this system, in the human system that does grow up but the mind is not growing up is not maturing, it's going to always work with this contraction, expansion, desire aversion, big happiness a lot of sadness and then it is nice to watch the mind like this, you know, it's a little bit uh, like watching a child. Nobody gets angry, or uh, some of us, yeah. But for a little, for a short period of time, it's nice to watch a child, you know, experience this totality of emotions, like very happy and very sad. It's uh, we watch it with a little bit of smile until it becomes annoying. But in the beginning, <laughs> so the same with the mind. We can watch it with a little bit of smile, looking at how childish it is and how it never changes, and we can also treat it like we treat a child. I find it that uh, in my journey, uh, is no point to be tough with the mind. 
it is better to talk to the mind like I talk to a child. And if, uh, for example, I am teaching a child mathematics and I want him to succeed, when he does a mistake, I'm not going to be standing there and shouting at him, oh, you're so stupid, how can you not manage to do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to talk to this child and I'm going to say, very well, you have tried to do this, let's see where we, where we have still to improve. I'm going to always give a lot of confidence to the child if I want him to grow. And we can see that, uh, yeah, I work with uh, people like these adults that had completely different education, that their parents, instead of supporting them, were saying, oh, you're stupid, you're going to stay stupid forever, and their mental uh, system is destroyed. You know, they have this very, very big, difficult issue to solve. So, uh, and I think all of us have this inner wisdom of how we will talk to a child or how we will talk to our child, or if we check how we would have liked to be talked to by our parents, what treatment we wanted to get. And all of us, we, I think we will say the same. All of us wanted to get love. All of us wanted to get attention. All of us wanted to get support, right? I think I'm not mistaken there. All of us wanted to hear the nice words. So I use the same ideas when I deal with my mind. We all have this inner voice talking in us, and for most of us, especially in the Western world society, this voice is very harsh. It only brings out all our faults. Do you know that? It's, you're not good enough. You're never doing the things right. You're never going to change. This is our inner voice. And to grow up to, with this inner voice is horrible because it's like trying to raise a child and destroying his confidence. So uh, when I realized this, I have changed completely my inner voice. It was, I remember the, the day that it was this realization of the inner voice and what it was talking to me. And then I did a mental um, like a decision to change my inner voice. And then I started to do it like, just like I was talking to a child. And I only put the attention, the, my inner voice is only talking about what I am doing well. And for example, I am able to see that in any moment, I want to do good, even if it was a big disaster. And even if I did a horrible mistake, mistake my intention was to do good. So my inner voice will tell me something like, uh, see, look how you wanted to do good. And look uh, that you maybe you didn't have the knowledge and you didn't have this, but now you can learn from this mistake and then you can improve. And this is what it talks to me. And the moment this inner voice changed, first, all my inner struggle ended immediately because there was only support there, and growth was possible. I was able to continue growing in knowledge. I was not blocked, and there was no criticism and nothing of this. So I really advise you to first start to observe the mind as childish and understand that it is always going to stay childish, and don't expect it to grow up or change. For all of us, it is working the same, and it will never change how the mind is working. And second, start to investigate what your inner voice is talking to you and see if you can change it and start to talk to the mind like a child. And you will see that the mind will be much more cooperative and will less go to this uh, thing that, okay, uh, blocked and you cannot talk and cannot do anything anymore. Okay, for me, this is very important in uh, understanding this uh, human system. All right, any questions? Okay, so remember this. <laughs> And then um, we started to talk about knowledge. This is the fourth, um, let's say, Maya, the fourth um, 
component. And we said uh, we can look at two kinds of knowledge that our system depends on. One knowledge is the knowledge we are born with, like the DNA or whatever that is designing how this body is going to be built, how the prana is going to flow, how the mind is going to function. And with this kind of uh, knowledge, we have not much to do. I cannot decide now to change the knowledge and instead of having two legs, have three. It's not going to happen. So this is out of my control. I'm not going to mess with this. But there is also another kind of knowledge that this is the knowledge that we gain during our life. And in this knowledge, uh, and uh, there we can do something because we have a mind and the mind, the purpose of the mind is to gain knowledge. So by making the mind a good instrument and then using it to get the right, correct knowledge, I can change the knowledge that I have. One very important thing to remember is we cannot erase former knowledge. We cannot go and erase memories. We cannot uh, stop thinking that uh, a man should bring me flowers to my birthday. Whatever we have uh, heard, so experience is going to sit there in the form of memories, in the form of knowledge, and it is okay. It's nothing to do there. We didn't choose. Most of this knowledge we didn't choose. So no need to fight it and no need to change it, only to understand it is there. It is also not at all necessary to uh, say where we got this knowledge from. You know, like a psychology taught us a lot to go to the past, to find this way, this thing that my mother told me on this day that I'm worth nothing, and since then I'm thinking that I wor I'm worth nothing. For yoga, it is not all, at all important to try to go to the past uh, and try to realize which moment in the past put this knowledge in, or try to make a peace with the past, or try to talk to that little child that is in us and make the child watch it differently. No need. Only to understand that this uh, system is full of knowledge that we didn't choose, and all is there. All of it is sitting there. But if I want to improve my knowledge, if I want to make it more correct, I should put the effort in first making the mind a good tool, and then to use it to get correct knowledge. And then we saw again in this practice that we did up there, the difference between looking at an object and getting knowledge from our mind, like saying this is long, this is short, this is uh, nice, this is not nice. This is all depending on knowledge from the past. Uh, and the difference between just seeing the thing as it is. And when we see the thing as it is, we understand that the things have not value. They are not good or bad. They are not short or long. This is all subjective perception. There is very little objective things we can say about stuff. We can say that, the, that all of it is an object of perception, and we can say all of it is temporary. Whatever we can perceive is temporary. And today we're going to see how this changing this knowledge is very important in our journey. Or uh, if I want my instrument to work properly, in this thing of, um, of knowledge, um, the more right knowledge I have, the better my system will work. The, like the same, like the body, the better the joints and the nutrition and everything is, the better the body will serve me. The same, or the whole system will serve me. The same here, the more right knowledge we have, the better our system will work. And we gave this example of the mind being like a chef. And the better ingredients I give it, the better the ingredients being the knowledge, 
the better ingredients I give, the better meal I'm going to take. Not the chef's responsibility. It depends on the ingredients. So the same here. The better knowledge I give to the mind, the mind will be able to do better uh, or the processing that the mind will do and uh, um, the decision it takes and the action it advises me will be better you know, because the knowledge is more correct. So in this life, uh, as I said, we don't grow in mind. The mind is always staying childish, but what we grow in is knowledge. And we, st we talked about this, that we are system. The purpose of this instrument is to gain knowledge. So if you want to grow in something in this life, you can grow in knowledge, from wrong knowledge to right knowledge. And it is very interesting to see that uh, all of us go through this process of uh, growing in knowledge from the moment we are born. Yeah? If something grew in us, is the knowledge. With every experience, we get more knowledge. And even as we get old, maybe the body starts to lose its functions. You know, everything starts to deteriorate, but we still get more knowledge. We get the knowledge of how it is to, uh, to get old. We get the knowledge of how it is to die. We get a lot of knowledge, uh, or this process of gaining knowledge is never ending. This is the one thing we grow in. And this is, uh, if all of us have uh, the same body and the same prana and the same mind, yeah, with little differentiation, but it is the same, exactly the same mechanism in all of us, yeah, the same liver, the same heart, the same joints, uh, the same mind, contracting, expanding. In knowledge, each of us is different. You will not find two people that share the same knowledge. Even if you take uh, identical twins, you will say, oh, maybe they have the same knowledge. But if you look at it, let's say one twin experiences the world and his brother in, his, in this world. So he has uh, the experience all the time coming of the world and his brother in it. But the other twin experienced the world and another person in it, yeah, his brother. So from the beginning, they are going to get different knowledge. You understand? Mm -hmm. The view of the world that I have for one twin is with his brother inside. The other twin is with this one inside. So it is never the same world. It is the never the same experiences. So it's never the same knowledge. So in knowledge, all of us are different from each other. We will never find a person that is similar in knowledge. And, um, and for me, one very important thing is to be ready or agree or to understand how useful it is to learn the, the knowledge of another person. And if we want to have good relationships with other people, it is very important to learn the knowledge of the other person and not to expect that his knowledge is going to be like mine. Yeah, maybe I think... Uh, to kill animals is bad. But I think this not because I chose this knowledge, because my life experiences led me to this knowledge. But it doesn't mean that now all the people shall have this knowledge and the people that don't have this knowledge are bad people. It only means that these people, their life experiences didn't lead them to the, to the knowledge that uh, to kill uh, an animal is bad. Yeah, that is all. But see how quickly we judge people for being bad people or, I don't know, yeah, people we don't want to associate with because they have different knowledge. And I see it a lot. One thing was uh, with one student that he had the knowledge that you must be respectful. You know, that respect is the most important thing in life. So 
how was her behavior behavior with other people she was very respectful all the time and what was her biggest complaint in all her relationship the people weren't respectful the people her. weren't respectful you know but and she didn't understand how can they be not respectful but and i we did this investigation to understand that her uh, idea that respect is the most important thing doesn't have to be the other person idea that respect is the most important thing she has this idea because her life experiences made her think like this but another person respect was not a big thing in his family or maybe respect for him is something completely different and so when he he comes into the office and doesn't say hello does he show uh, less respect or disrespect not at all not at all for her from her side she will um, think that this behavior is disrespectful but this person that answers the office without saying hello what what is the motive for his action hmm? past experience yeah and then he may be for him is not necessary to say hello yeah he doesn't even have it in this knowledge or maybe he is very shy so he is shy mm-hmm. of saying hello maybe he respects the space of other people you know the silence of other people so he doesn't want to interfere yeah <laughs> but uh and when we check we will see that all the people we are going to see it later in detail only acting all of them are only acting best according to the knowledge that we have and if this person had the knowledge that to enter an office without saying hello is is rude will he do that no not a chance if he thought that it was rude to enter an office without saying hello he will never enter an office without saying hello okay? and you can see if you check your life your knowledge you will see how all the time you are acting according to what you think is right how all the time you avoid doing what you think is wrong and then how all the time you expect other people to act and to speak and to whatever according to what you do what you think is right and how the moment somebody does something that you think is wrong immediately you don't want to be near him or you classified him as a problem or an ignorant or a bad person can you see it in your life yeah for me this is amazing and imagine how many actions we take how many relationship we choose to keep or to destroy based on knowledge that is not even right knowledge and we didn't even choose it so we let our past and all the bullshit from all the movies and all our parents and the teachers the only bullshit that we have in our system to decide our relationship today to decide uh, how we are going to feel and all of this but this is not necessary we can see the knowledge we cannot erase it we can see the knowledge but we can understand that like we have our own knowledge the other person have his own knowledge we are slaves i am trying to do my best this is person is trying to do my his best and if we want to communicate we can communicate the differences of knowledge or i can ask a person why are you doing this yeah instead of assuming i know oh this guy is uh, is not saying hello because he's a snob but if one time i ask him why you don't say hello when you enter the room i can be very surprised he will say because i'm shy mm-hmm. and i didn't even think for this option because mm-hmm. he doesn't look shy he looks like a snob to me <laughs> but um uh, for me it's amazing and i learned in my relationships to start to ask a person why 
are you saying this? Why are you acting like this? And I am always amazed by the answer I am given. You know, and um, another thing we see it a lot is this, uh, have, did it ever happen that you tried to do something nice to a person and he got very offended? Yeah. Then you know this? Mm-hmm. And then he starts to tell you, you uh, intentionally hurt me, offended me on intention and apologize. And you can say, I apologize, but I, I didn't mean to hurt you. And the other person doesn't believe you, mm-hmm. you know, or it can be opposite that somebody, you think somebody hurt you and you demand apology and this person say, I didn't mean to hurt you, but you're not listening to him. But you can be sure that when a person tells you, I didn't mean to hurt you, even if you were very offended, he didn't mean to hurt you. He was only acting according to knowledge that he has and his knowledge was different than yours and what he did that offended you for you for sure is in the bad column but for this person is in the right in the good column and this is all so all this time that you got offended by other people they never tried to hurt you and all the time you offended other people you never tried to hurt them all of them all the sides of the story were only trying to do their best slaves to the former knowledge that they have that is all okay Start to check it. Yes. It's you know, unbelievable, huh? Because we are so used to yes. uh, other things. And imagine how many movies we have seen mm-hmm. of people blaming other people for their misery, demanding apologies, everybody with bad intention, all of this stuff. But it doesn't exist in the world. If you, have, if you start to investigate and you look at the things as they are, you will see only people just like you, not different than you, trying to do their best but slaves to their former knowledge that they didn't choose. Okay? Questions? It's, it's just, just, sorry. Yeah, no, no, I wasn't saying anything. It's just an idea. But uh, maybe um, looks like we have now an excuse to behave like we, we want in a, in a moment because we blame our wrong knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not an excuse, it's to say that uh, when, I, when I have the choice, I will always want to, to do the best. And then, if I, if I am the master of the mind, I will use the mind to look at the situation. We're going to discuss it when we talk about the last thing of uh, purpose. I will look at the situation I will, and I will be able to ask what is the most useful action, and then I will do it. But there are some times that we are, the mind is very conditioned, or the mind takes over, not conditioned, the mind takes over, and we are not the masters of the mind, and then we will get the automatic action. And then when somebody insults me, immediately I shout at him. If I check, I will see that I didn't want to do it. If I, if I, if I had a choice, I would act completely differently. Why did, I, why did I act like this? It's because at that moment I didn't have the choice. I was not the master of the mind, the mind to control. So when I reflect, I see it. I see how I'm not satisfied with this behavior. I would have preferred it to be differently, but I'm not going to blame myself and tell myself, oh, you're such a horrible person for not being able to talk nicely. I'm just going to say, I'm going to practice more and put my attention even uh, stronger and become more the master of the mind that for the next time a person is going to offend me, I will still be able to talk in the way that I want, in the way that is useful. And like this, every time we, are, we can improve and become more and more the masters of the mind. But if I start to 
hit myself every time I act uh, differently than I want, I act conditionally, I will see that I cannot improve. Okay, so this is the idea. And uh, we have to really understand to be able to observe the difference between the mind in control and us in control. When we are in control, we always want the best and we will be able to choose a very useful action. But when the mind is in control, it's like a child. And we can see that a child doesn't usually <laughs> doesn't choose the best action. He chooses what he knows best to do. And this is uh, to cry very loud, but uh, it's not necessarily the best action. Okay? So we grow in that, you know, in becoming the masters of the mind and in, nice. uh, in knowledge, in having more options of um, behavior or action. And I see it many times. Um, people, for me, it is very clear that uh, there are endless ways of uh, possibility to act. But many times when I start to do a process with a person, he didn't even think that he can behave differently. You know, he didn't even think that if somebody insults him, he can uh, talk back nicely. It was not an option because he never saw this kind of behavior, maybe in his family. And where he grew up, he only saw that if somebody is insulting you, you shout at him. And this is what he knew was that uh, this was his only option for action. And then sometimes what we do is we try to come up with different uh, options of actions. This is changing the knowledge. And then when the knowledge changes, the mind, when thinks what it can do, now has a variety of actions and can choose sometimes a different one. Now we see it a lot with our parents, for example. Now we don't even realize that we can answer them differently sometimes. We only answer, always answer the same thing. Like they tell us, why you don't come to visit more? And I tell them, oh, leave me alone. Why you always demand from me something? And, but I can, uh, if I'm able to see, and I think they are bothering me with this, uh, why you don't come more? They are like uh, reproaching me. But uh, when we train the mind to listen or when we use the mind to really listen what they say, they say, we like you. Please come more. We want to spend more time with you. And where, when I am able to hear that, my answer will be different. My answer will be, oh, I really want to spend more time with you, but I am very busy. And it will not be like, oh, leave me alone. Why are you always telling me this? <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I see it a lot with people and parents. Yeah. <laughs> okay? More things? Yes. No question. Let's say, uh, you know, we're living life and I'm doing my thing and someone apparently is very, very insulted with something that I do. It doesn't really, really what. And he took it really seriously and he is now looking for revenge. Right? He is, has all the intention to hurt me. And he does a lot of stuff that comes from, you know, very strong intention. Until when will you say, I will not put up with this anymore? Um, I need to eliminate this thing from my life. It's not only, you know, I mean, how much can you put yourself in the situation of, okay, I will smile to my brain when I see stuff like this happen to me. You understand what I mean? Yeah. The thing is not how much I can put up with it. The thing is to decide the most useful action. That's the thing. So mm -hmm. you have some kind of threat coming. Yeah, somebody is very pissed at you. I will see, I will look at the situation. If he comes with a knife, yeah, maybe it's better I run away. If he comes with a, with a dialogue, with a monologue, mm -hmm. maybe I'm going to listen. You know, I will see what is the best option and I will decide the most useful action, but it's not going to be like the decision I have to put up with it 
or I have to avoid him. But it's going to be more according to each situation what is useful to do now. This is the idea. Understand? So we don't need, to, you will see there are no more like rules of behavior that we have to, I am always honest, you know, and honest is the most important thing. Because maybe there are some situations in life when honesty is not the most useful action. And maybe something else will be more useful. And mm -hmm. so we have this, uh, we, there is more variety Concept. of, uh, yeah, more uh, variety of, uh, more possibilities of action. We can choose differently. So this is the thing. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm not going to think that this person is a bad person or an idiot or something like this. I will understand that the action that I did was catalogued in his columns as very bad, not only bad, but very bad. And I have touched something very deep. And so his system is contracted. And it is not his choice to try to harm me. It is an unavoidable automatic action that his mind is in control. But this person, if he would do a process of uh, becoming the master of his mind, one day will be able to see this, uh, this contraction that he had and this desire to hurt, but will say, okay, but it's not, it's, it's not the useful action and can we'll be able to decide another one. And uh, I am, we should be very careful with judging people or demanding people to change because when I look at myself, I see how difficult it is for me to change. The conditionings, the automatic action of the mind is very strong. I see if I was able to choose my life, my, all my actions, there will be only butterflies and flowers and everything will be wonderful. But uh, I cannot. Many times my mind takes over control automatically, um, even in things that I've been practicing for a long time. So when I am in relationship with another per person, I don't expect him to change very quickly. I know how difficult it is. So this person, even if he's um, like, uh, I don't know, is trying to change or even if I want him to change, I will give him uh, 10 lives, 10 you know, lives to, to, to make a change. It doesn't mean that in this life he should succeed or in this week he should succeed because I see it on myself how hard this journey is. And for example, in couple relationship, this is very important because we have to learn to live together. And then I start to tell my partner, uh, please, can you stop leaving the door open? Can you please close the door when you enter the house? And then I expect him to be able to do it every time he enters the house. But he's not, and then I get angry every time he doesn't do it. Yeah, but it's not that I, it's not enough that I told him one time to change a conditioning can be a very, very long process. So I'm not going to limit it for in one week, you should be able to close the door. I know how hard it is for me to change even very simple things. So I know how hard it is for another person to change. And then there is a lot of room for dialogue, for... Um, you know, for learning together for many yeah, different kinds of relationships. So let's mm -hmm. say I can look at this person that is uh, wanting to, her to harm me. Let's say not coming with the knife, but let's say uh, like... Uh, yeah, uh, speaking like, yeah, mm -hmm. verbally. Verbally. Uh, I can look at it as a challenge for me to try and deal with it and uh, make myself strong. Or I can look at it as something that is not healthy for me and just mm -hmm. back it away, you would say. I mean as part as the many options that I can write. My question is what will be the... How do I say to myself what is the useful thing to do? 
Yeah, this is we're going to discuss how do we know what is the useful action. Yeah, this is uh, in our last part. Uh, yeah, and sometimes, you know, uh, it is very useful to listen to the other person. And you can see that when something, somebody is reproaching us, starting to tell, oh, you did this and this and this, our system immediately contracts. It's very difficult to be under attack. Mm -hmm. And then, because we are contracting, we try to avoid. And you will see that you start to talk aggressively or you tell him, okay, I had enough and things. But if you are the, the, the master of your mind, you can see this contraction. You can see that this is unavoidable, that your whole system wants to, him to shut up. But then maybe you can do something differently than what you feel. And when you manage to do this, you will uh, realize so many options. For example, to tell him, I'm sorry. And to tell him, even if I don't feel sorry, because I know I didn't mean to hurt him. Because this is going to be useful for him. Like, we can see this other person better. Uh, but still, probably yeah, we... Be useful for him will be useful for you. Yeah, exactly. And even though my system, what uh, the automatic thing is to avoid it and for him to shut up, I don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to find another useful action. Yeah, and we, you will see how uh, your life is going to improve the more freedom of action you have. You know, sometimes the automatic will take place, and we said the automatic is very important. But the more we are able to choose our actions, then uh, we can uh, grow our garden better. Yeah? We can put the right conditions more easily. Any other questions? Okay. So, uh, I want to uh, give another uh, example or model to understand the relationship between mind and knowledge. Because it is, they are working together, and we, the more we understand how they work together, the better we know what to expect from each of them. Um, so imagine uh, the mind, or yeah, the mind like a pool, like a big pool, and inside this pool is all the knowledge that we have gained in this life. And doesn't matter where this knowledge came from, and if it is correct knowledge or wrong knowledge, all of it is there. And then our senses. All the time they get new, they perceive things from outside. So I hear a conversation, or I see something, or I touch something. All the time there is new information coming from the senses. This new information coming from the senses are like stone thrown into the pool. And my mind is the pool. What is in the pool, the water, is the knowledge. And then a stone thrown into the pool is something that comes from the senses. So the, this uh, sound of the water, or a sentence somebody says to me, or a dead cat on the road. Okay? All this is stones coming into the pool, thrown into the pool. Okay? You have this image? Mm -hmm. yeah, very easy. If we need, we can go to the pool and try it. <laughs> and then what happens when a stone enters the pool? Ripples. Ripples and Plop. splashes. Okay, yeah, the yeah. waves and splashes. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, according to what will be the nature or the content of the splashes and the content of the waves? The size of the stone, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The content of the splash and the content of the wave will be according to what? Content? Yeah, what... Mahut, uh, uh, um what will splash and what will create waves? Ah, the mind. Huh? The mind. Very good. The water. Okay? 
if there is water in the pool, it's going to splash water. If there is water in the pool, the waves are going to be waves of water. Yes? So, I can throw to the pool a stone, I can throw a bottle, I can throw a person. But what is going to splash is not according to what I have thrown into the pool. What is going to splash is according to what there is already in the pool, the water. Do you understand? So, if we go to the mind, we see something, we see a dead cat, we see a sentence, we hear a sentence that somebody tell us, these pools, these waves and these splashes is our reactions. I get angry, I get upset, I smile. This is our reaction. This is like the waves and the splashes created from this uh, object entering the mind. And we usually think that we are reacting according to what have entered the mind, according to what we have seen. I am acting according to the dead cat or according to the sentence I have heard. But, like in the example of the pool, what splashes and the waves are not according to what entered the pool. They are according of what there was already in the pool, meaning our past knowledge. Okay? So when we react today to something that somebody tells us or something that we see, we don't react according to what we see or what we hear. We are acting according to our knowledge. And this knowledge has no connection to the present. This knowledge is only uh, in connection or the result of our past experiences. Okay? You have this idea? Yeah? So, let's say somebody said something to me and I become angry. Usually, I say the fault of my anger is what? Person. What the person said. Or how he act acted. Yeah? But the reason I feel angry is not because of what the person said. Yeah? It's because I have knowledge about what he said. And because of this knowledge, the yeah. anger came. Yeah? But we blame the person for making me angry. It's not the person that made me angry. I feel angry because the knowledge I have in the system. For example, somebody calls me stupid. What knowledge do I have about stupid? No, that is bad. And then, somebody calls me stupid, I became angry. But imagine I don't talk English. I talk Japanese. And then somebody calls me stupid. Yeah, Am I going to get angry? No, you can smile even. Yeah? <laughs> it's not going to create any reaction in me because the stupid, I have not knowledge about it. So, it is only, we react only according to our past knowledge, not according to the current situation. Is this idea clear? This image is clear? For me, this is very important realization because we can see how many times what we blame is the situation. I blame my parents for talking to me like this. I blame the, I don't know, the system to be rotten. I say, I blame many things for my feelings. But these feelings do not depend on what there is. They depend on the past knowledge. Okay, this is one thing. And then, uh, did I choose this water that is in the pool? Did I choose my past knowledge? Did we choose it? No. So whatever reactions are coming in us, the anger, the envy, the, um, the depression, the fear, is not our choice. 
It is unavoidable that they come up. So we need not to fight them. There is no need to change them. It is not our choice. It is not something that is wrong in us. It doesn't say anything about us. It only says what experiences we had in the past. So for example, if I see a dog and immediately comes fear, I'm not a... I don't need to blame myself for being afraid of dogs. And I don't need to try to solve this fear of dogs. It is enough for me to say that, of course, uh, the moment this fear came up, it is unavoidable, unavoidable because there is knowledge in my system that dogs can be dangerous. Yeah, because maybe my mother was afraid of dogs. Or maybe I saw a movie. Or maybe one time a dog bite me. Somewhere in my past, there is this knowledge that dog is dangerous. And if there was not a knowledge that dog is dangerous, if I had the knowledge that dog is a wonderful, is the best friend, when I see a dog, not a chance in the world that fear will come up. It will only create, it will create another reaction. But it is not connected to the dog. It is connected to the knowledge I have about dogs. Okay? Um, questions? Um, yeah, I mean, is all this past knowledge, I cannot choose it. I cannot have the way to process it differently. Isn't there any choose there? No. What is already there because is the going to stay there. Is coming from past knowledge as well? No. What I can do is I can gain new knowledge by making the mind a good instrument and now using it to look at the things as they are. I can look at a dog and say a dog is a dog. The good and the bad belongs to what I have been taught about the dog. But now when I use my mind, I can see that a dog is only a dog. And then the more... I come, I use this knowledge or I, uh, I see, I use the mind to see a dog like a dog, then it will start to transform the knowledge I have in the pool. It True. will be added to the knowledge I have in the pool. But it will always stay this idea that also somewhere in the pool that a dog is bad. And many people, they will see that uh, in the past, maybe when they saw a dog, big fear came. And today... It is still like a little contraction, but a very minor one. And immediately they can go to the new knowledge that the dog is a dog and mm -hmm. say hello to the dog. Yeah, so the only way to really control the knowledge that we get is by awareness. This is what yeah, by using the mind to get new knowledge at the present moment. Mm -hmm. yes. Before you had this, everything yeah. was just coming in without any control. Yes. And still comes a lot of time in. Like I hear many things, you know, it comes in. I remember myself, <laughs> I... Uh, you know, I didn't never have a problem flying like planes. And then one time I took a flight, I was young, like uh, 20 something, and somebody next to me told me, oh, I am so afraid of flights. <laughs> and I was able to see, really, I felt it like her knowledge jumping into my pool. Fuck. <laughs> and then, since then, I became afraid of flights. Because before I didn't even have the idea that it can be dangerous. I don't know why. And then it came to me that there is can be like dangerous, and since then... I have this fear of flight, but today I can see it, and I don't act according to this. It is very minor, but it's always there, this little uh, active. So imagine how many things like they are sitting in us, and we don't even know them. Yeah, many, many, everything that we have, all these, you know, bullshit movies, all these uh, stupid things the teacher told us, you know, all these commercials, all of this is sitting in a uh, form of knowledge there, and it creates reactions in us all the time. More things, more, yes. It's like the, the story of the image of mastery. When you say master the mind, I can immediately think of 
domination. But when you mention dogs, and I've got a, a, lot of, a lot of experience with dogs, and there was a lot of stupid theories about dogs in the 20th century that's changing now because of new information. We used to think of, they call it the alpha male, and you must, to be the leader, so your mind and you, to be the leader, you have to dominate. It's like this alpha, and you have Caesar to. Caesar Milan style. Huh? Caesar no, Milan no, style. no, 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 no. He doesn't beat his dogs. But there used to be a lot of things that you smack the dog. When it's a puppy, you smack the dog. To be a leader in the pack, dogs are very happy for you to take leadership because the leadership's a hard role. They are balanced. Mm -hmm. Once you get through the puppy thing mm -hmm. and they they stop rebelling. They are so happy to have mm -hmm. a leader, you know. Yeah. And you, if you beat the dog every morning, that dog will hate you mm -hmm. and it will despise you. In a pack, if there was a leader that, that uh, had its superiority by violence, the rest, would they'd get mm -hmm. rid of it. Mm -hmm. A few fights now and then, the odd fight. But the most of the time, like I, I don't know if I told you, I worked with a big pack in Sri Lanka of 180 dogs. And the boss, the king, he had three teeth. He was an old dog. Any of the dogs could have beat him up. But every time he passed, they worshipped him. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not easy to be the leader. And so the mind will hopefully be, once it discovers the new master, it's like, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and you will see how relaxed you will be in your life there. How the mind will be happy with mm. having this master and to become finally a useful instrument. Mm. Mm -hmm. Exactly like that. Mm -hmm. Other questions? Comments? Yeah? If somebody uh, hit you in the street to take your money, for example, uh, which uh, is the the right knowledge you should have to to deal with that situation, and how from now on how. Uh, should we uh, get that brain of right knowledge? Mm -hmm. Okay, I can tell you that in this, uh, like to be robbed or to be harmed in the body, the mind will take control. The automatic system of life saving is going to take control, and then in each of us, it's going to act different. For example, in me, in threatening situation, I freeze. I want to do something, but I cannot. I see in other people that, uh, for example, are trained in combat they are immediately attacking back and other people are going to run away. So at the moment of this situation, because it's a little bit life-threatening, there is no room for knowledge there. There is going to be the system doing the best thing that it can to defend. But later, when I'm going to reflect about this person, I'm not going to say, oh, this asshole robbed me. I'm going to see a person act acting just like me in every moment in my life. Because every moment in my life, I'm trying to provide for myself. Yeah, to have something to eat, to have a little bit of money, to take care of the people I love. And I see him doing exactly the same. Why did he rob me? Because he needed money to support himself or to buy drugs or to support his family. So no one bad intention there. So I am in peace with that. I'm not going angry saying all oh, these asshole people robbing me all the time. This will, be the, this will be the place of the knowledge later. But this knowledge comes not like a mantra that I say, oh, this teacher said this, that all the people want good, and now I'm repeating it like a mantra. It's not going to be useful. It's going to create a lot of uh, in, uh, tension inside. I'm going to get this knowledge by looking 
at life with my clear mind. And if I look at my life, I will see that there is not one moment in the day that I don't want good. And then I will start to see it other, look at other people's life. And I'm going to see exactly the same thing. So I'm going to explore this knowledge, you know, to check it, not to believe it like this. And this is the way to get the knowledge. And you can see, if I ask you now, was there a moment in your life that you didn't want good? Was there? You say, no, every moment, even in my darkest moments, I wanted to feel better. Even a person that kills himself. Why is he doing that? Is he doing something bad? Relief. Relief. He's doing something to feel better. Mm -hmm. And a, a person that injects heroin, why is he doing this? To feel better. You know, and a person that uh, beats a dog, why is he doing that? Huh? For example, or to train the dog, but to, to do something better. But, but this is the technique he has. You know, it's not his fault that he doesn't have another technique. Mm -hmm. You know, I will not know how to brush my teeth unless I was told how to do it. But imagine they have told me to do it in a wrong way. Or in my family, nobody ever brushed teeth. So I cannot, you cannot blame me for not knowing how to brush teeth. You want me to know how to brush this? Somebody has to teach me this. So that is all. And I know myself, when I was young and I had dogs, I didn't know how to manage with them. And I did horrible, horrible actions. But not one time in these actions was I doing something bad. Yeah, I was only in my li very limited um, possibilities of actions. I tried to do the best ones. You know, I was taught that uh, if a dog pees in the house, you have to put his nose in the pee. This was my knowledge. So this is what I tried to do. Today, my knowledge is different. I'm never going to do something like this. But that moment when I did it, I was not trying to do something bad, although it was not good for the dog. I was trying to do something good according to the limited knowledge that I have. And like this, check your life, you will see it. And then check other people's life, you will see it also. Hmm? Nice, huh? According with yeah. this thing, when you're automatic, in automatic behavior, you always do as good. Mm -hmm. Because what you are programmed or you have to do. Mm -hmm. When you can observe and you decide, you can do good or bad. Mm -mm. You will always, always do good. Good. Yeah, because this good, we will say that this is good. something so we are a slave. On the knowledge if it's really correct or not. Exactly, if it will be useful or not. This will be the difference. Because but you put some knowledge, yeah. you change the situation and you're acting, mm -hmm. but maybe it's not right correct. Mm -hmm. not right uh, knowledge as well yeah uh, but you still from try to do it because you think it is useful like this thing with the dog and the pee I do it because I thought this was the useful action this was the good action today I know it is not so today I'm not going to choose it but before I couldn't choose I didn't have other options this was from all the options that I have this was the it's best always one the same mechanism. yeah so always yeah. the same and I, th I find it very nice to understand that we are slaves to the desire for good and you know how it is in Western philosophy, they had this, uh, is a man good in nature or bad in nature? They have this uh, question. For yoga, it is very clear. Man is good in nature. We are slaves to good. And not only us, the whole of creation is a slave to good. And this slavery to good gives us a lot of trouble, a lot of suffering. Uh, but uh, this suffering is only there to motivate us to really get the good. And this we are going to discuss later. Okay? More questions? Yes. So, are, are we uh, responsible for somebody else get the right, the right knowledge? 
Uh, well, you cannot force right knowledge upon another person. The best thing you can do is yourself use the right knowledge. And by using yourself the right knowledge, the people around you will see that your life is developing and growing. And they will come and ask you, what have you done? Why are you looking so good? How come you are so full of energy? And then you can share the knowledge with them. But uh, don't be a preacher. And don't force your knowledge upon other people who don't want to have it. And if a person is very satisfied in, with his life, although I see that he is very much suffering, but he doesn't see it, I'm not going to be the one tell him, but look, you are suffering and you have to change your life. I only work with people that come here or to come to me and ask me, what can we do? How can we improve? But, uh, and I will be very careful. We can see the history with uh, traditions that were preaching. They went to preaching. Traditions that, like uh, Christianity. They went to places where people didn't ask their help. And they started to preach them. And they did a lot of damage. Okay, so never try to force your... Even you, for you it was very helpful. Don't force it on another person. When he asks for it, give it. Yeah. And give it always in a way that will be useful for the other person. Because what is useful for me now, if I give it to you today, it will not be useful. Yeah, if I, uh, for example, I can say, uh, you don't exist. For me, it's very clear. <laughs> but if I tell you this, it's not going to be useful for you. So every time we have to see that we give it according to the, in the quantity and in the words, in the language that is uh, useful for the other person. This is very important. <laughs> Anything else? Yes, but maybe it's not the moment. Uh, just to leave uh, the idea. This part in the in a social level, what should be the the way to to share the right the right uh, knowledge or to um, how to explain? To share, to share the, the, the right knowledge between everybody to, to improve the, um, the relationships in the, in, the way in, the, in the place you live, in the, the society. Well, it's the same. First, do your own job. Improve your own life, your own relationship. The people that are in relationship, you are in relationship with, they will improve also. They improve, their relationship will improve. And like this, it, it, it will grow. But don't go and now try to force something upon your society and say, okay, let's do it as a society. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, it will create a lot of rejection and you will start to have to fight people that think different than you. But if you do it from your inside, you transform yourself, everything near you will transform also and like this it will yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. This is why yoga is so nice. Uh, it only gives us responsibility over ourselves and our own actions. And from this, we, because we take responsibility of our actions, we naturally take care of our surroundings. But it's not because it forces us to take care of the surroundings that we do it like uh, artificially. You know, it becomes from the inside and um, manifests outside in a very healthy way. Mm. Yeah. Would you say it's the same with the education of kids? That you mm. uh, have to be a model? 
Yes. That would be the, the best way to educate? Of course, of course. For example, uh, yeah, today in schools we can see that uh, the teacher wants the children to concentrate, but the teachers themselves, they cannot concentrate more than one second. You give them uh, to sit in meditation. The, I have been working with teachers. Is the, most, uh, the last thing they can do is to concentrate. So I give them meditation. They cannot even close their eyes. Their mind is such a mess. So a person with such a messy mind, when he talks, when he this, he generates this uh, messness, yeah, this vibration. So of course the children are not going to correspond to this. They're going to be distracted just like the teacher. So, but if we have a teacher that is uh, steady in the mind and very much aware, this is yeah and they will see him that even in very difficult moments he speaks gently and he doesn't get angry so they will not even have the idea that you can get angry that they should get angry but if the teacher shouts at the children when they are not behaving so the children will learn that shouting is the right way to act and for example we can see it yeah uh uh, how in Israel, how loud the teachers are. They are shouting and the class is shouting back, of course, and all the school is such a noisy place. Mm. But change the teachers and the children will change also. Yeah, because <laughs> the teachers are also different. Yeah. yeah, and because in the house they are also different. Yeah. yeah. And you will see that we, we bring exactly the same behavior that we got from our house. If somebody grew up in a house where everything was uh, established in shouting, Shouting is not bad. Shouting is something, this is the default to solve problems. But if somebody came from a house where a dialogue was the means to solve problems, then this will be the default. But you may change if you observe and take good knowledge, correct knowledge, and you can change the situation if you have seen this bad. I mean, <coughs> if teacher was shouting at you all the time, and you automatically reproduce the same acts. But one day, you start to observe you, what you are doing and what actually, what's mm -hmm. repeating in other people, and you can start to observe <coughs> and decide not to do the same. So it's the way of learning. Or yeah, exactly. You have to, sometime in this process, gain another knowledge. And usually it will come, maybe you have read something, and this something made you to check, check it in the daily life, or something different has to happen. For you to suddenly, to yeah. for a new knowledge to enter the system, and from there you can evolve. But if no new knowledge enters the system, the system is going to behave the same again and again. So it's the best is look for knowledge as best as possible, yeah. as good as possible. Yeah, and the more correct knowledge, the more uh, useful this instrument is going to be for us, because this chef, the mind, is going to cook us wonderful meals means that are going to get us what we want. But the more wrong knowledge we have, this chef is going to do exactly the same. Still cook, but is going to cook horrible meals that instead of nourishing us, is going to cause us to vomit. And most of the people, when they look at themselves, they want to vomit. But it's not like this. We are wonderful instruments and the life is wonderful. Only we have mm -hmm. to have the knowledge about it. You know? More ideas? Okay, so just to finish this example of the pool, one more thing. The pool, the water, a stone come in, splashes. Uh, can, is it possible 
that something different than water will splash if there is water in the pool? Is it possible that something different than water will splash if there is only water in the pool? No, only water. Yeah, not possible. Okay, and after the splash... Some of what is throwing, no? Yeah, but it's only water in the pool. Okay, and if something... If the splash already went out of the pool, this drop of water went out of the pool, is it possible to now change it to something else? This drop of water, can it suddenly turn into wine? No. Not possible. Okay, so our reactions after the, they have happened, it is not possible to change them. And for many mm -hmm. years, we have been taught and we have tried to change our reactions, to stop to be angry, to stop to feel jealousy, to stop to be depressed. But it is not possible. After the splash had already happened, this cannot be changed. This is unavoidable. So for me, it's very important to be able to look at my system and see that all my reactions, I have already nothing to do about them. I'm not going to count to 10 to make them change. I'm not going to say, oh, uh, you're angry, but actually you should be very happy. I'm not going to mess at all, not to going to put any effort in trying to change what I am already feeling because I understand that what I feel is the result of my past knowledge. I didn't have any choice. Uh, I couldn't choose my past knowledge. So what am I, I am feeling now? It is unavoidable and not at all my choice. So I'm only going to observe it. And then the moment we are not trying to put the effort in changing what we feel, we can put the effort in acting better in the situation. And then although I feel angry, I can act in a useful way in the situation. And although I am uh, feeling envy, I can act in a good way in the situation. I still feel envy. I still feel angry. But they are not going to be what motivate me for, uh, for action because I'm not trying to change them. When we try to change them, for example, I have been hurt by somebody and now I'm trying to change this feeling of hurt. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a lot of crazy things like coming to this person and demand apology. Why am I demanding apology? Because I want to change the way I am feeling. But when I understand that I cannot change the way I am feeling, yeah, this is the result of the past, and after it has already splashed, after it has created a reaction, there is no need to, to do anything with this reaction. And also I know that all the waves in the pool are temporary. All the splashes are temporary. If I wait, it's going to disappear. And I'm going to put my effort not in changing what I feel, but in acting according to the situation, what is useful for the situation. So, for example, if this person is my uh, 80 years old mother, although I am very offended, I'm going to still prepare her the tea and whatever she needs, because no point in coming to her and demand apology, <laughs> because, you know, my responsibility to her is to take care of her. And if it's uh, somebody that I have to do a project with, I'm not going to come and demand apology because I, I'm going to divert all the attention from the project into something very personal now. So I'm going to see that I was offended. I'm going to see that it's not connected to him. It is connected to the knowledge I have that caused me to feel offended by what he said. And I'm going to act according to what is useful for the project. So we have to talk. We're going to talk. We have to, uh, I don't know, 
divide some missions between us, we are going to divide some missions, but I'm not going to say, oh, you've insulted me, so now, before you apologize, we cannot continue, and maybe this is not a good project, and you know what a mess we go into, okay? So don't try to change your reactions. See that they are unavoidable. See that they are not connected to the present. They are only a result of the past, of something you didn't choose, and soon we are going to learn how to direct the attention back to the situation and decide what is the useful action. Yes. Uh, are you not uh, changing your feeling in the moment uh, you realize that uh, this person has a, a, a wrong knowledge and a, this action comes from a wrong knowledge? Mm -hmm. No, I can still feel angry. I don't, I don't matter if it changes. For me, it doesn't matter if it changes or not. If I feel better a little bit because I could see that he means well or not. I don't bother at all with what I feel. I bother a lot with what I do. This is my focus in life. But what I feel is so out of my control and changes so many times a day that I'm not going to be bothered about it. So I can be upset, I can be happy, I can be satisfied, I can be dissatisfied. I don't care. I watch it and I say, okay, nice waves in the pool, nice splashes. And all my effort goes in acting. And because our life is the result of our actions, I see what is growing in my life. And I'm not at all in, in a mess with my, with my reactions. I don't, put any, I don't need to feel good. Because I know that when I feel good, it's going to change. And I don't need to stop feeling bad because I, need to, I know that feeling bad is also going to change. So I just let it continue transforming all the time. And all my attention is all the time outside. What is the right action? And you will see how uh, relieving it is and how many options. Suddenly you are so in contact in life and your head is not stuck in your butt anymore. You know, you can finally see the life. Then somehow huh? you are ignoring your feelings. Then what but you not at all. I see them perfectly. I see that I am upset. No, no, no ignoring. I mean, uh, just... I'm not pushing them. I am completely aware of them. I'm not trying to feel better. Today you are trying to ignore it because you feel bad, you smoke something. You feel bad, you call a friend to help you. You feel bad, you demand apology. Today you try to ignore them. But in this practice, we finally can feel them. Finally I can feel upset. Finally I can feel hurt. Finally I can feel angry. But I only don't act according to that because I know because I prefer to act according to what is useful to the situation uh, and not according to what I feel that is based on the past and has no connection to the present. And this is the idea. It's not ignoring. Okay. Hmm? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, normally, some practical advice when you're angry, you could tell someone, take some breaths mm -hmm. and then ask. What you're saying at the moment is... Feel angry. Yeah. Yeah, feel angry. Why not? The feeling has no influence on reality. I can feel very angry and my reality is not going to change. I shout because I'm angry, then my surrounding change. So I can feel angry, but I can do the right action, the useful action. This is the idea. But isn't the nature of anger to... No. This is the nature of... Um, automatic mind. Impulsive. I am angry, I slap somebody. This is the automatic. But in yoga we want to okay. let the automatic work in life, life uh, situation, life and death situation, but I want to be the master of the mind in any other situation. So even if I am very angry at my partner, 
I know that there is no point in shouting because if I shout, he's going to contract. Mm-hmm. And if he's going to contract, he's not going to listen to me. And what I want him is to listen to me because I wanted to tell him that what he did was not very comfortable. And then instead okay. of shouting, I'm very angry, I'm going to tell him in a very nice way, listen, you remember yesterday what happened? I felt it like this. What do you think? What do you say? And I create a dialogue. And then he's, he's open, he's listening, and something can happen. But if I shout, contraction, and he's not going to listen, and I didn't get what I want. This is the idea. Mm. Hmm? Yeah. Would you at last <coughs> be happy in all your reactions if you had get good knowledge enough to know that the actions <laughs> of the others are not good? Mm. Do you want to be happy in all your no, reactions? No, 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 I don't think so. But Not necessary. I, I, mean, I mean, if you are getting knowledge and getting mm. knowledge and getting knowledge, so mm-hmm. you can, for example, the, somebody slaps you, even you, and you know this reaction, you, you have the knowledge, mm-hmm. good knowledge now into you. So maybe you have been slapped, but your reaction is not so bad because you know he's acting bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, what you will have, you can still have reactions. For example, I think every time somebody will slap me, the first thing is going to be contraction. You know, this and I'm going to feel offended. But, uh, and because I still have in the pool, we cannot erase the knowledge. Mm -hmm. We can just change the ratio. So it's going to be not as bad as before, that before I would be offended like for three days. Now, yeah. I'm going to be still offended, but very quickly I can put into practice the new knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I will look in the f- on the situation with fresh eyes and not from this offending. And this is the idea. So it, we don't need to feel good all the time. Yeah. It's not possible to feel good in the ta- all the That time. Mean it's not, the reaction is not um, important. It, yeah, the exactly. Is the act very that you good. Do after the reaction. Yeah, very good. So don't look for you to stop being angry because you practice yoga. You can still be angry, exactly the same, but your reaction, what your actions in the world are going to be different, and because your actions in the world are different, your life is going to be different. This is the idea. Okay? Mm-hmm. Don't expect this to be only flowers and butterflies because no, no, it's no, no, not no. going to be. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Nice, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's take a break. Uh, uh, 15 minutes. Now is 12, two, then 2:15, and you can go uh, throw stones in the pool. If you want to <laughs> check, uh, <laughs> let's take them we'll out throw out later. Stones that are uh, mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <coughs> the thing uh, of the knowledge, if to summarize this uh, thing, um, if you want to grow in life, grow in knowledge. Um, according to yoga, this is the one thing that goes with us to the next life. And this is something we cannot lose. Money we can lose, people we can lose, many things we can lose. But the knowledge stays with us. And uh, the knowledge is our way to improve our life. So even if you don't gain a lot of money in this life, if you gain right knowledge, uh, being poor is not going to be a source of suffering. Um, And as uh, we said, We can only gain right knowledge if we have a good mind, a a working mind. So if you want to make an effort to get right knowledge in this world, the first effort you have to to make is into clearing the mind and studying the mind and learning how to use it with the meditation techniques we have learned. 
and then start using it to uh, explore the knowledge. And we started to do it yesterday, and we're going to continue um, today in the practice also. Um, yeah, and then the knowledge is something that transforms uh, slowly. So, uh, and it uh, transforms through experience. It's not enough that one time we have heard something different. It is only, thank you, it's only when we experience something many times that it becomes deep knowledge in the system. So, don't be in a hurry because you have heard something that now you have to see that everybody always wants to do good. The more you come across it and you see it and you investigate and you uh, like approve this knowledge again and again or you, like you see it again and again then eventually it will become uh, deep knowledge and then there is also this thing that um, it becomes uh, knowledge actual knowledge when we use it we can have the theoretical knowledge of how to bake bread but it is only uh, when breaking bread that we get the true knowledge of how it is so the same here uh, I can say many wonderful things that I have uh, read in books and uh, things like this but it is only when I put it into practice that uh, then I will it will uh, really become my knowledge so uh, for example if I want to see how all things are temporary it's not enough that I have read it or that I want to say that uh, mind is a very good uh, tool or servant is not enough to say it. I have to start to act it. I have to start to check it in the world or to use it in our daily life. And then every time I look at a thought and I see it changing, I will know that the thought is a temporary thing. Or every time I am able to direct the attention and choose an action, I will see that the mind is a good tool. Okay? So don't be satisfied with theory. Put it into practice and you will see what happens. Any questions about knowledge? So, uh, we talked about body, energy, mind, knowledge, and now we go to the most subtle, um, most subtle uh, component of our being, and this is the first one. You remember when we started to talk about it, we started from the subtle to the gross, the first thing that makes uh, an instrument or anything appear in this world. Do you remember what it was? Hmm? The need. The need, very good. The need or the purpose. Uh, for me, this is uh, one thing that was amazing to discover, that uh, if I want to support my life, the first thing I have to, to make sure I have is a purpose. The first thing I must make sure of is that I am being useful or that I'm living a useful life. And we can easily see it. It is amazing to see it. Um, many people today, uh, we, they go into depression. And there is something that is common, I think, to all the depressions I've seen. I work with these people, so I've seen many people in depression. And all of their stories will be the same. Uh, when I ask them what happened before they went into depression, they will say something like uh, they either uh, lost somebody they loved, or they got divorced, or they... Um, um, uh, went on retirement or um, maybe they have uh, accomplished something very big and uh, it was finished, some kind of very big project and it ended and then they went into depression. 
what is common to all these stories is that they have arrived to a place where there was no purpose in life. And the, the moment there was no, or one purpose ended, for example, my, I don't know, my child died, so this purpose of being a mother suddenly stopped. And in this period where there was no purpose, the life is not supported because the first thing that brings something is to life is the need or, and the purpose. And when we don't have a purpose, immediately our life is not supported and one of these, uh, the symptoms for it will be depression. And uh, this is why we can see it also with people that have achieved something great. They have worked all the time, they had a lot of energy to accomplish this project and the day after they accomplish, they wake up with depression. Why? Because now they have no purpose. And if not purpose, there is no this drive for life. There is no this force that sustains the life. Uh, one thing that I do with these people is that I tell them, of course you are going to be in depression. I explain them the, the mechanism of it. I, uh, I tell them, okay, you have accomplished one or some uh, purpose ended, and now there is no uh, other purpose. And it is okay in this period to be in depression. It is very natural and it is not uh, like uh, some uh, pathological uh, problem in the mind. It's not connected to that. It is something very natural that if there is not a purpose, things are not going to be sustained in this life. And I give them the example of, um, yeah, like I think we talked about it, the Walkman. Yeah? Once Walkman was everywhere in life because it was needed, because it served a purpose. And the moment the purpose was uh, finished, it was not needed anymore, it disappeared from our life. And uh, this is something very natural for a purpose to finish or to an, for a need to be fulfilled. So I tell them, take this period as a period for you to look for a new purpose. Understand that this depression is not a problem. It only indicates that at this moment you don't have a purpose. And you can be sure that the moment you find a new purpose, you will see the life coming in you again, the life flowing in you and your uh, existence sustained from this very, for the mo from the most uh, subtle um, place. And then we can see it a lot happening. With example, uh, a parent lost a child in a car accident, a teenager child in a car accident. And then he's going to be destroyed in depression for some time. But then, if uh, this person decides to start to educate teenagers about uh, right driving and, for example, establishes some kind of foundation to help raise awareness of uh, safe driving in uh, teenagers, this will become his purpose. And with this purpose, he will come back to life. And suddenly, he, realize it, he will realize that he has a lot of energy again. And still, he has the loss of the child and still is going to be painful and many things. But there is again energy to live. There is again a will to live. And um, we can see it also very nicely in, uh, for example, uh, very ill people, people that are about to die. And then let's say uh, their daughter is about to marry in two weeks. They are going to live these two weeks until the wedding. They are going to keep the life. And then the wedding is over. They are going to die the next day. Why? because it was the purpose that held them alive, kept them alive, because this is the first force for creating things in the world. And then the minute the purpose is over, the life can be over and finished. Wow. Okay?
Yeah, mm-hmm. then start to look at it. And for me, the most important thing is to see in my life when I uh, when I suddenly notice like uh, this uh, maybe period of more depression and lack of energy, and I check, I will always see that I have not any goal, that I have not any defined purpose. And then what I do is I say, okay, what is my purpose? I start to check and I find a new purpose and then I can see life coming back. Okay, so you can check in your life. Uh, if you feel a little bit like this, then just look for a purpose. You will always find, and then life will again flow. So this is our way to work in this level of uh, purpose, to make sure we have purpose. But uh, And it might uh, seem a little bit complicated to always find a purpose, but luckily we all have a purpose inherent in us. Um, we are very used to think of a purpose as, uh, I don't know, to have children, to make money, something like outside. External. Yeah, and uh, there, there can be their purposes, and it is okay to go and to do these purposes, but all of them are temporary, and, um, <coughs> and um, sometimes we can get them and sometimes not. And... Um, and when they are temporary and they will end, we will find ourselves without a purpose. But there is also a purpose that is there all the time in us. And we can find it and we can see it in any moment, even in the biggest depression, even in the biggest confusion, even when everything collapses around us or inside us, we can find this purpose. This purpose is never going to leave us. So, And uh, this is the uh, purpose that sustains our life, really. To have money or to have children is not something that sustains our life. This is not why we were created. We were not created to make money. We were not created to have children. We have created to fulfill some kind of purpose. So when we are connected or we are fulfilling this uh, first purpose for what we were designed for, then, then we will see we will always have this drive of life. Okay, and for all of us, this purpose is the same because we are all the same instrument. So, what is this purpose? To learn, to, to, get, learn, knowledge. to get knowledge. Very good. Hmm? I'm only saying it because you said. Yeah, very good. We are going to see it more. To be aware. To become aware. Very good. And and even before all these things good. that we say, very good to feel good. We can see it all the time. To do good. Huh? To do good. Very Stay good. Alive. Very good. To stay alive. Uh, to not stay, always. To be steady. To sustain life. Yeah. To be steady and to, stable. Uh, to be steady and stable. Well, okay. Well, what is common to all instruments? What is the purpose, purpose of all instruments? Very good. To serve. To be useful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then I can give it through which? To you be useful. Okay, yeah, this is common to all instruments, to my uh, phone, to my watch, to my car, and same goes to myself. And then I can say, how is it useful? So I can say the human system will be useful if it is a tool for, um, if it is a tool for knowledge. And the car is useful when it allows me to uh, drive, yeah, to cover long distances. Okay, but in the basic, 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 what we have created for is to be useful and uh, when you say to be useful you mean useful for for others for mm-hmm. you for no, that doesn't matter not for yeah. as long as you're useful mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Doesn't matter for who. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter for whom. Doesn't matter for what purpose. Yeah. But this need to be useful, and um, we can see it. For example, uh, again with many people, uh, why uh, old age sometimes is very difficult for people is when they uh, feel that they become unuseful, and there is a lot of depression connected to that. And you can see it also in our relationship. Yeah, in our work and whatever we do, then when we feel useful, how much energy we have there. And when we start to feel that we are unuseful in our place of work or in our relationship, immediately we start to back away from that. Do you know uh, this uh, feeling? Mm -hmm. So this thing of being useful is very inherent in us. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we have to understand what is the thing of being useful. Hmm? Um, Because like this is very general. Uh, when uh, when is the car useful? When do we know that the car is useful? When it takes me from one place to another. Well, when okay. you need to go. Mm-hmm. When you have a journey to make. Mm-hmm. When you have to use it. Mm-hmm. When I have to use it. Okay, so when it fulfills the purpose it was designed to do. This is when it is useful. Okay? And the same when the phone. It is useful when it can fulfill the purpose it was designed for. I can think of the car being useful. In other circumstances also, like a broken car, I can put in a kid in garden and they can play with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But it was not the original purpose of the car. The car was originally designed to be useful when by uh, allowing me to cover long distances. Okay? And then, when the car is being useful for me, what is the result? What is the result when the phone is useful for me? What is the result when the bottle is useful for me? I get what? Very good. I get what I want. Okay? When an instrument is useful for us, we get what we want from it. Yeah? And when we get what we want from something, what happens to us? Very good. We are satisfied. Okay, we get what we want, we have, uh, we can say, we have fulfilled our purpose, yeah, by using the phone, and the phone helps me to communicate, so I have fulfilled my purpose to communicate, okay, it is not my duty, I'm not the instrument that allows the communication, the phone makes the communication possible, but I wanted to use the phone to communicate, and when the phone makes it possible for me, then I am satisfied. Okay? You have this idea? When the car takes me where I want, I am satisfied. So we can see always how we are satisfied when instruments fulfill their purpose, yeah? and how we are not satisfied when we buy an instrument that doesn't fulfill the purpose. You know it? We, you buy something, it was supposed to help you, and then it doesn't do it, and immediately we become frustrated. So we can say this uh, like satisfaction is an um, indication whether an instrument is useful for us or not. And now we can check in our life. What is our level of satisfaction, usually? Uh, many people. Mm, no. uh, not very high. Do you know? Many people, they go through life mostly unsatisfied, trying to be satisfied, but mostly unsatisfied. And this reason for dissatisfaction is because our instruments are not useful instruments. It is because we don't use them for what they were meant for. Either they are broken, 
my body is broken, my energy is low, my mind is uh, unstable and not under control. Okay, can be one of these things. Or I am not using it for what it was meant for. For example, most of us are trying to use this human system not for what it was meant for, not to gain knowledge, but we try to use it to get pleasure. Have you noticed? Most of us go through life to get pleasure. This is why we eat. We eat to get pleasure. This is why we go in relationships, for them to make us feel good. This is why we go to work, yeah, to collect money so we can buy all the things that we want. We are all the time using our human system, not for what it was meant for. And you can see that the people that are chasing pleasure all the time, what is the most common thing in them? Disappointment. Yeah, very good. Disappointment or constant dissatisfaction. They need this. They buy something now, and then tomorrow they need another thing, and then another pair of shoes, and then another something, and another something. They are never satisfied. They one uh, amazing retreat, and then another one. You know, we are never when we try when we are uh, pleasure oriented. The pleasure is never enough, and there is a reason why the pleasure is never enough, because we saw that the nature of all um, feelings and thoughts and emotions is temporary. So the pleasure is going to be there for some time, but then it's going to go away. So what the yoga wants to teach us is that if we really want to sustain this, this human system, not only to work in body level and maintain the nutrition and the movement and the strength, not only to work in prana level, keeping the breath and keeping this, not only to work in mind level, making it a good instrument and using it, not only in knowledge level, making our knowledge good knowledge, but to make sure that we are starting to use our life for what it was meant for, that we start to use this human system to get knowledge. And we... And use this to be useful? This is the way to be useful. This is the way? Yeah. To use this, uh, this, this instrument, this human system, for what it was meant for. So I'm using it to get knowledge. This is why we have a mind. Yeah? So, or why we have all this system, yeah? because this is one system. So, uh, imagine how different it is when we start to live life and we take our life experiences, uh, not expecting them to be a source of pleasure, but using them to gain knowledge. Is your life going to be different? When you don't expect life to give you pleasure, but you take any uh, experience in life to learn from, to growing knowledge. Is mm -hmm. your life going to be different? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In what way? For example, you are going to you are not going to direct to relax, to get pleasure, but to accept everything that is coming to you. Because mm -hmm. all of it is, you can take knowledge from it. Very good. Every, we will discover that every situation in life is a situation we can get knowledge from. Not from all situations we can be satisfied or we can uh, get pleasure. Many situations, like uh, dealing with the government, is not never going to give me pleasure. But it can give me knowledge. It can give me knowledge about the nature of things. It can be, give me knowledge about the nature of myself. It can give me knowledge about useful action. It can give me a lot of knowledge. And then if I start to use my life for this, there is not one moment that is wasted moment. There is not one 
this uh, struggling with life or demanding from life to give us pleasure. You know, I have seen many people like this. This is their relationship with life. Give me pleasure. You know, this is the, rela the, the relationship with other people. They demand other people to be the source of their pleasure. And instead of continuing demanding this from life or from people or from situation, we start to use it to get knowledge. And then every moment is a meaningful moment. And every moment we will find that we are satisfied. Not like a temporary feeling, but a feeling of uh, fulfilling the purpose. Like uh, the satisfaction I have when the car takes me where I want to go, or the satisfaction I have when the bottle allows me to drink. Do you understand this idea? Okay? So. Um, I, yeah. I, I just not sure that I understand. Mm -hmm. If. Like, I can gain knowledge from everything, mm -hmm. right? I can walk by just walking in the street, I can gain knowledge. Mm -hmm. But this is not too satisfaction. Like, it doesn't give me so much satisfaction, right? Mm. Uh, when you will get, when you walk down the street and to gain right knowledge, it will give you satisfaction, not as a temporary feeling of satisfaction, but the feeling of fulfilling the purpose. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, also another very interesting thing to see. Uh, I see many people, they have achieved many things in their life. They basically achieved everything they wanted. They wanted a family, they achieved a family, they wanted a career, they did a wonderful career, they wanted to build a house, they built a house. They achieved everything they wanted. And they still can come to me and tell me, but I'm not satisfied. I feel I have not uh, fulfilled my potential. Do you know people like this? They have achieved everything they wanted, but they still have this feeling of something is missing. Something is not completely uh, manifested. Yeah, or they haven't really manifested, fulfilled their potential, even though they have done everything they wanted. Mm -hmm. And this is very common. With, uh, when we have these uh, purposes that are temporary ones because this is not what we were meant for so of course there will not be the mm, feeling of fulfilling the purpose uh, but then I see people that uh, what they have done was to gain right knowledge and uh, they have used this human system to fulfill their the user's purpose that we're going to talk about it in a moment or in other words uh, I would say they use this life to grow in awareness, to fulfill their potential. And who, whoever did this way of um, growing in awareness uh, never will say that he feels that he didn't fulfill his potential. Because this is the way for us to, this is, the, this is fulfilling our potential, growing in awareness. We still have to check it because now it's only words, but in a moment it will be more clear. But this distinction between when we do something that is really what it was meant for, what will be the result? And if we do things that are not completely it, we will always be still satisfied. We, uh, we will still be dissatisfied. We will always, always still be searching for something. But you go to yogis that fulfill, that use the life for what it was meant for, you will see uh, complete satisfaction and you will see also the feeling or is beyond the feeling but the full manifestation of their potential and you will not hear from them one time that they feel that they have missed something in life and even they have nothing to eat nothing to wear they are have fulfilled their potential and for me this is uh, amazing 
to see this difference between achieving everything in life and still missing something mm-hmm. or growing in awareness and being completely satisfied, completely manifested. Yes. So uh, the only purpose to be here is to get knowledge. Mm-hmm. The only reason why you have a human system yeah. is to use it to gain knowledge. Yeah. It's a good news. Mm-hmm. But uh, that takes to give up uh, one of the mm, main or the, f- the first or the first uh, wrong knowledge we have that, that is to be satisfied and to satisfy others. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we, we 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 were born, we have a relationship, a strong relationship with our parents or people surrounding us. They they give us love and they demand us love. No? Mm-hmm. So it's a strong strong change, I suppose. No? It's a, a strong a strong sorry strong uh, wrong knowledge to mm-hmm. give up to change. No? Yeah, and you will see that uh, whoever ever tried to satisfy his parents, did you ever succeed in satisfying your parents? No. no. And <laughs> did anybody's parents ever manage to satisfy him? Also no. So we can see it is like what I asked you to check yesterday, to see that we are always not satisfied. We, gain, we do something, we eat. At the moment of eating, I'm very happy, but five minutes after eating, I am feeling too full. I ate too much. And then it's always this cycle. So whenever we are in a mistake, we are not going to get what we want. Or whenever we are in wrong knowledge, the life is going to see us, to show us that we didn't get what we want. But the moment you get what you were really designed for, this feeling of this dissatisfaction is not going to be there. This is a, so you can yeah there will be transformation of knowledge and it will improve your relationship with your parents. It's not going to uh, harm them because they are going to be built upon something more useful than trying to create a feeling of satisfaction in a person can, that can never be satisfied. this is not an anthropology practice or psychology mm. practice, but why, uh, because it's, I, I suppose it's a natu- natural uh, behave, behavior. Uh, what, what does, uh, what, what's, what's the, the reason, what's the meaning of to be uh, to, to born in a, in a family and to have this relationship of demanded and having love if 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 you, our purpose is another is to get knowledge mm-hmm. or if it is that is a wrong knowledge or, or maybe uh, i can say maybe it's is uh, we, we must go back to uh, to to uh, to the, the nature and look at the animals that they all they they don't have that strong Yeah, bond or yeah, yeah. In 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 yoga, all these things of wrong knowledge and all the suffering that comes from there is meant to serve to be useful again, like anything else, in our journey towards something else. So we try to work with wrong knowledge. We try to make other people satisfied. We realize, or we try to make ourselves satisfied. We realize that by doing this, the only thing we got was suffering. 
And then this suffering will be used for us to go and say, okay, let us look another way. Okay, I realize that whatever I've done so far is not getting me where I want. This feeling of not getting me where I want, I'm using it to turn my attention to another solution. So the suffering that comes from all the wrong knowledge in the world is in the yoga is very important. It is our motivation to look for something else. And this puts us on the way to, um, to manifest our potential, our true potential. Okay? So this is why uh, when somebody enters this path of yoga, uh, one thing I always say is it doesn't matter how much you have suffered before, how much uh, your life was difficult, how many mistakes you have done, how many abuses you went through. None of this is uh, important because all of the sum of all this was to make you turn into a more useful way. So was all these things that happened to you horrible? Uh, was it a mistake that your parents abused you? No, it wasn't a mistake. It was your present in life because this made you turn another way. Mm -hmm. And then immediately there is like a reconciliation, you say? Like mm -hmm. with the past, with you know, past, yes. because whatever we have went through the past, even I have <sighs> killed a person and I regret it, this regret uh, serves me in going another way and looking for a solution. And I use the same when I look at humanity in general and I say all the mistake of humanity, all the war, the Holocaust, all of these things are only like the big, big suffering of humanity is only causing us to look for other solution is only causing us to improve. It's not our wrongdoings. It is our way to improve. It's our way of evolution. So there is nothing wrong in life, not in our private life and not in our life as a society. We always look for solution to improve, how to really fulfill the potential of life or whatever. Okay? <laughs> okay. Something? No. <laughs> Anything? It's not that... The wise people make mistakes, but the fool keeps repeating it. Mm -hmm. You know? Is that yeah. Until they also stop repeating yeah. it and then they become wise. <laughs> uh, anything else? Okay, so uh, let us uh, practice something a little to see that uh, this desire to, to be useful or this desire to do good is inherent in all of us. And uh, for me, it's very important to see it, that uh, I see all life and all my life circumstances as wanting to do good, wanting to be useful. And when I have was able to see it, and I see it today very clearly in everything, uh, this is a very strong power that uh, connects me to life, that uh, feeds me every day. And I find it very important to recognize in ourselves and in everybody. So let's do this uh, little experiment. So uh, close your eyes. And I'm going to ask a set of questions. And uh, I need you to be very honest and just answer them silently inside you uh, very quickly. Okay, without starting to philosophize and things like this. Just answer what comes very natural and uh, we will see. Okay, so. Um, do you want to be healthy or ill? Do you want to sleep uh, good at night or have uh, nightmares? Do you want uh, the food to be good, to be tasty or uh, horrible? 
Do you want pleasure or suffering? Do you want your loved one to be in good condition or bad condition? Do you want uh, the seminar to be interesting or boring? Okay, you have your answers? Good. And now, think of the people that are sitting here around you. And now, let's ask, do these people around us that are sitting here, do they want to be healthy or ill? Do they want to sleep good at night or have nightmares? Do they want uh, food to be tasty or horrible? Do they want the seminar to be interesting or boring? Do they want to enjoy or to suffer? You have the answers? Okay, let's continue. Let's think of all these people in this island. Yeah, all the people on this island. Do they want to be do they want to be healthy or ill? Do they want to sleep good or bad? Do they want food to be tasty or horrible? Do they want pleasure or pain? Do they want their loved one to enjoy or to be miserable? And now let's uh, let's expand to other countries, whatever. All the people in all the countries, do they want to be healthy or ill? Do they want the food to be good or bad? Do they want pleasure or pain? And uh, think of uh, plants and animals. Do they want to be healthy or ill? Do they want to live or to die? Do, you want, do they want to get nutrition or to starve? And now think also of the people that really offended you in this life. You know, people you are very angry with or people you hate. Or people that you think they are doing very wrong actions in this life. And now ask yourself, do these people, they want to be healthy or ill? Do they want to succeed or to fail? Do they want to sleep well or not? Do they want their loved one to enjoy or to suffer? When we can continue this forever, but I think it's enough, <laughs> then uh, take a deep breath, open your eyes. <clears throat> so, do you think uh, we gave many different answers? Mm. Yeah, I can sign here that all of us gave exactly the same answers to all the questions. Hmm? Sure. Can you see it? What is the conclusion from this? Well, the same. Mm-hmm. Very well, that's the same. Very good. All people want the same, and what is it that the same that all of us want? Life. Yeah, the good. Okay, all of us want 
the good. We want to sleep well. We want the tasty food. We want to enjoy. We want other, the, the people that we love to enjoy. We want to survive. All the plants, all the animals. This is the one will, the one energy, the one force that is working through this life. If there is a, if I ask something, somebody, do you want to kill other people or not? You know, this can vary. Somebody wants to kill, somebody not. But if I ask um, if you want good or not, all of the people will want good. This is, doesn't matter. In all of us, whatever we choose, we choose it because it is the good uh, according to us. We all are inclined to the good. So um, uh, when we want to uh, be connected or to fulfill this, uh, our purpose to work in this level to maintain our human system not only in body, not only in energy not only in mind and not only in knowledge in the purpose level we have uh, the more in life we use we do the action to achieve good or to uh, be useful because to be useful means to achieve what we want to achieve the good the more our actions are directed to this or influenced by this the more we are fulfilling the purpose of this instrument or the purpose of life, the more we are in contact in la with life and the more we are going to be sustained or healthy there. You know, this is the condition needed for us to be living. You know, the more we serve this, the more uh, life we have, the more uh, we are connected to life or the more we are sustained by life. Um, and then many people that come to me uh, with the question, I don't know what to do with my life. Many of them come to me. I tell them only one thing. You know, I tell them, find this purpose that is always there. And they, we start this investigation and they discover that in any moment in their life, the purpose to want good is always there. Yeah, imagine yourself waking up in the morning and thinking if to stay in bed or to wake up. What directs you? What is the wish there? To have good. So if, I good. Yeah. so if I decide to stay in bed, it's because I'm more comfortable in bed. Or if I decide to wake up, it's because it will be more useful to wake up. But anyway, the motivation, my, my desire was the same, to feel good. And uh, think about yourself in the most difficult moments of your life. Mm -hmm. Why were you suffering so much? In the most difficult that everything collapses and you are in the biggest depression. Why do you suffer so much? Hmm? Because you want to feel good. If we didn't want to feel good, we will not suffer in depression. If we didn't want to feel good, we, didn't, we wouldn't think of killing ourselves. We only think of killing ourselves because we want to feel good. We only suffer in depression because we want to feel good. And I really invite you to look at your life. From the moment you were born until you are until today, and you will see there was not one motivation different, even if you i don't know went and uh, you were shoplifting, why did you shoplift huh? because you wanted to do something good, something funny, something that makes you part of the of the of your group. Why are you smoking huh? because you, you do something good, there is not one moment that this desire to do good is not active in us. So it's not a choice. It's not a choice. We so are slaves. So, yeah, so it's not a purpose. 
No, this exactly, the purpose is not a choice. The purpose of the bottle is not the choice of the bottle. It's what made the bottle exist. We are slaves to the purpose. This is the first thing that makes us live, and this is the thing that will sustain our life. So we cannot not do it, of course, mm -hmm. uh, and so we can never not be in, not, uh, in our purpose. The purpose is always working on us, but I can use this bottle to smash somebody on the, on the head. And then I'm going to damage the bottle, and I'm going to damage the person I hit on the head. So I have to see that I use the bottle for the purpose it was meant for. And Can this the is bottle why change its purpose? No. It was because it was designed, the way it was designed was to fulfill a very certain purpose. Now, when so the bottle... someone on the hand, you yeah. would take something that would be more comfortable yeah. and more sustainable. Harder. Very good. And now, check this. If the bottle... Something happens to the bottle and it cannot fulfill its original purpose anymore. What is going to happen to the bottle? I'm going to put it in the trash or I'm going to make a pot out of it. I'm going to change the purpose mm -hmm. to something that now it can fulfill. So it but can change its purpose. Because it cannot fulfill the original purpose, then I can find something else to do with it. But the original purpose, why it was designed like this, is... It is a slave to this purpose. And this is the idea. We must understand why we have been designed like this with a body and with an energy and with a mind and with knowledge was to serve a very specific purpose. When we fulfill this purpose, we are alive. And when something happens to us and we cannot fulfill this purpose anymore, either we are going to be thrown in the trash, like all these people that are mentally challenged, we put them very far out of society because they are not useful anymore or we are going to kill ourselves because we feel there is no point into this life we are not going to be sustained in life or yeah we're not never going to go out of the house so the more we are in contact in our desire to do good and we start to do actions that are actually fulfilling this the more alive we will feel the more our life will be supported and the result will be that we who are using this system, we are going to be satisfied. Huh? It doesn't matter if the instrument is satisfied or not. I am that I am using the car, I am going to be satisfied. I that am, am, is using this human system, I am going to be satisfied. This is the idea. So and there is no way of being creative with this purpose? No. No. And you will see that you can try many, many purposes. You can be the biggest baker, the most famous baker in the world, is not going to satisfy you. But follow this purpose, you are going to be satisfied. What is the purpose again? To do good? The, That's purpose, the purpose? No. The purpose of this instrument is to be useful, is to do good. But then there is the way in which it is useful. Like the purpose of the bottle uh, is to be useful, to do good. By being useful, it is doing good. But the way it fulfills the purpose is when it contains water. So we still have to investigate exactly what we are supposed to do with this human system. But what we understand already that we must do something useful, something good with this human system. Otherwise, we are not, we are not uh, in accordance with its purpose. And when we are not in accordance with the purpose, the purpose is lost. And when the purpose is lost, the whole reason for life is lost. And then we can see many things happening. All right? It is by gaining knowledge that it is by gaining knowledge that we do good, that we fulfill the purpose of being useful. 
It is by gaining knowledge or by using this instrument okay. to get knowledge that we make this instrument useful. Okay, mm -hmm. the to get knowledge is the, the way, is the, mm -hmm. the, the way yeah. we get the purpose that is... To be useful to or good. To be useful, to, to mm -hmm. do good. Yeah, the car, by allowing me to drive it, or by taking me long distances, this is the way of the car to be useful. The way of the battle is by holding water and allowing me to drink. The way of this is by gaining knowledge and allowing me to be aware. By doing this, I am going to fulfill the purpose of this. Yeah, you understand? And then this is going to be very well supported and I am going to be satisfied, finally satisfied. <laughs> I can try many things, many purposes, none of them is going to have me satisfied for a long time. You're going to temporarily satisfy me. You have seen, you have lived a life. You have seen that it doesn't matter what you try to do to be satisfied. Even you were married to the most wonderful girl in the world. <laughs> After some time, it became the source of your suffering, not the source of your happiness. So nothing in this world is going to make you satisfied unless you start to use this human system to do good with it, meaning to use it for what it was meant for, to gain knowledge. And we still have to see exactly how we do this. We still have some little thing to explore. Okay? Any questions? Okay, so I invite you to see again, to, to continue checking this desire for good. To see that any moment and during the day, you have only one desire to do good. And the more you see it in yourself, you will start to see it in other people also. This for me is very fundamental uh, knowledge. Or, But mm -hmm. don't take it as knowledge. Start to see it. Start to investigate. So when you light a cigarette, when you make tea, when you go for a walk, see that there was only one purpose there, to do something good, to do something good, to do something good, and then you will see it. Okay? As well in the others. Sorry? As well in yeah, others. but it's easier to first see it yeah, in yeah, ourselves, yeah. and then we can easily identify it in the others. Yes. Uh, rather than use the word good, because that can give you a bit of a Mother mm -hmm. Teresa thing, mm -hmm. could you say to be selfish? And Maybe using the example, we all, I all want you to eat well and sleep well. But if I was, um, um, we call them a, I don't know if you know the word pimp. If you were a pimp and you had the prostitutes and slaves, you don't care if they eat well, you don't. But you, so what's the difference between the, the, the instrument that wants to be utterly selfish? No, it's not a matter of selfish because a person can uh, risk his life in order for other people to feel good. So it's not selfish, it's to be useful. If you don't like the word good, use the word useful. Mm. Yeah, in any moment we are doing what is we think is useful. For us. doesn't matter if it is for us or for other people. This is really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter? No. It can be useful for me. It can be useful for other people. I will choose to do it according to the knowledge I have. For example, if I was taught that you only have to take care of yourself and screw the others, if this is the knowledge I have, all my life I will be only trying to do useful for myself. Mm -hmm. But if I grew up in a place that said, screw you, just try to make the others happy, all my life the way to be useful is to satisfy other people. So this depends if I satisfy myself or others, or am I useful for myself or for others, will depend on the knowledge that I have. But what is common to both of us is both of us are slaves to being useful or to do good. Then it varies according to the knowledge. But we are only slaves to do good to ourselves, not to others. No, for, some, for one person, mm. can be that he was taught that he should uh, punish himself. But we're talking about something that we're not taught. 
that is in the system. Then the, what is in the system is to do good. And then this force is going through the filters of knowledge. And then in your knowledge is to do good is to take care of others. And in other person knowledge is to do good is to take care of yourself. So for me, it doesn't matter if it's to take care of yourself or to take care of others. For me, what is matter is both of us want to do good. The way we do it depends on the knowledge. And for the yogi, the way to do good is completely different. It's not to take care of yourself and not to take care of others. We are going to see it's a completely different way. Yeah, so this depends yeah, so on the this knowledge. Is like the power of life. Yeah. To do good. Yeah, to exactly. To be wish. useful. This is why we were created. It is not something that uh, conscious. It's yeah. not our choice. We are bound by it. The tree is a slave to it. The bottle is a slave to it. I am a slave to it. All creation is slave to be useful. This is why it was created in the beginning. And then if I follow this force, I'm going to be sustained. And when I am not with this force, I'm going to be thrown out. Uh, Fernando, you wanted something? Hmm? The question of Ferris, I think you always can reduce this uh, force to be useful, no? This uh, force we are a slave of, to be useful, to be useful for yourself. You always can reduce. If you, in your knowledge, to be useful for others is, uh, is to, to wait for to do good or is good for you, then this is good for you. So you are trying to do the best for yourself when you are doing mm. the good for others. You are helping others. Yeah. Yeah, but for me this you, is not you important. You can reduce or to. Yeah. But for it's me. It's not important. Yeah, exactly. What is important is to go what is common. Whether you think somebody can do good for himself or whether you think somebody can do good for others without doing good for themselves, this doesn't matter. What matter is that both of us are slaves for the desire to do good. This we can see. Slave. On that, yeah, slaves. Uh, on the other things we can argue and it can have many different opinions, but to recognize that all of us want to do good, this we can easily see. Yeah. Okay, this is the idea. Uh, this, is, this is the test. Slaves yeah. attract good. The practice? Have a reflection about how, how we oh. are slaves of being good. Yeah. See, yeah, in every moment, I'm sitting like this, and my body is starting to hurt. What immediately I do? This. Why did I do this movement? Because I wanted to feel good. I am slave to that. And then I need to pee. I'm going to the toilet. Why am I going to the toilet? Because I want to do good. And then why one person pees in the toilet and another pees outside? Because the person that pees outside thinks that to pee outside is good. You know, and like this, just see it, that all the time we are just slaves okay. to this force. And if you want to have a massacre for a lot of people, somehow you say, mm -hmm. because it does to you good. Or it, it does do good, good. It doesn't do matter. Good. For example, Hitler. Yes. Did he think he was doing something wrong? No. He thought no. he was doing something wonderful. Definitely. Yeah, but he did it based on wrong knowledge. So he got very destructive results. But his desire was to do good. This, and it doesn't matter if it was good for him or good for the German people or good for whom, but he wanted to do good. And all of us are slaves for the same thing. You know, we, none of us can escape it. Not one animal, not one tree, not one person can escape this. Yeah, try to start to see it and your life is going to change. I'm on the brink of understanding what you're saying. Yeah, good. And now to start to check it. Don't take it as a slogan. Yeah, I will not. Check. And you will see.
because this is this is another another step mm -hmm. to, to what you are going to tell us at last, mm -hmm. I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Because I I, I, I was the wrong yeah. knowledge that the purpose yeah. was doing good. Yeah. Our purpose was doing good. Yeah, the purpose of this human system is to do good, to be useful. How? Yes. By gaining knowledge. And now we have to see how do we use it to get knowledge, what happens there. All right? Good. So, thank you. Thank you. We're going on a break.